May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Jesus said, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. We are called to welcome one another, all of us created in the image of God. Today, Jesus uses the word welcome six times in this short passage. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes any of us is welcoming Jesus, is welcoming God. Clearly, we are being called to really think about what it means to welcome one another. And to think about what would happen if we took this passage seriously. How would it change how we responded to others if we truly believed that Jesus is visible in each one of us? What would it look like in every interaction, every relationship, every conversation, every conflict, or an encounter that we really believed that Jesus is visible in each one of us? Would it change? Would it change how we behave toward others? Would it change how we talked to one another? How we treated one another? In Hebrews, we're told, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels unaware. And later in Matthew, we'll hear uh, the story of the sheep and goats, and the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. And also in Matthew, love your neighbor as yourself. We hear these messages, of welcome and love over and over throughout the Bible. All of us, beloved children of God, just as we are. This is a message of inclusion and welcome and hospitality. And yet, when I was trying to write this sermon, I wasn't in a really good place and I found I was really struggling with what to say. And I admit, I've been a little discouraged lately. Some of it with our politics, with the divisions and rhetoric that we see playing out across our country. And our courts seem to be working overtime to pull up the welcome mat for so many people across this country. Women, LGBTQ, immigrants, people of color, and it's all just so very disheartening. So I went back and I reread the gospel for today, and this sentence jumped out at me. Whoever gives even a cup of water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. What a little thing. What a small gesture to give a cup of water to someone. Whoever gives even a cup of water. We often think that, that following Jesus requires grand sacrifices and heroic acts. 
And sometimes it does, and it should, because following Jesus means that we stand up and we speak up on the issues that divide and keep us apart. Sometimes following Jesus can be scary and it can be dangerous. Sometimes it will lead to crucifixion. But sometimes it's just giving a cup of water to someone who is thirsty. Several years ago, I was in the car line at Starbucks. I drink a lot of Starbucks to get my coffee. And I got a phone call with really disturbing news. And I held it together, but when I got to the window to pay, I couldn't find my credit card, and I was fumbling around looking for it, and I started to cry. Not delicate, ladylike tears, but out and out sobbing. The young girl at the window told me to take my, take my time and reached out her hand, and she held my hand while I cried, as if she had all the time in the world and there weren't cars backing up behind us. I have never forgotten that little moment of kindness that meant so much on that perfectly awful day. Sometimes following Jesus requires us to turn the tables over in the temple, upending the status quo, but other times, following Jesus, is it's just giving a cup of water or stopping whatever it is we're doing and simply holding someone's hand while they cry. One writer said that Jesus is speaking of a culture of kindness because following Jesus doesn't always call for us to be heroic, but following does it does call for us always to be kind. And it can be as simple as picking up the phone and calling someone to see, how are you doing? How's it going? Offering a ride to somebody who doesn't have a car. Volunteering at a food bank. A smile. A hug. Each small act of kindness, tenderness, and compassion toward one another may largely go unnoticed, but can have a profound effect. There's an iconic scene in Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum explains the chaos theory, and it simply deals with unpredictability in complex systems, he says. The shorthand is the butterfly effect. A butterfly can flap its wings in peaking, and in Central Park, you get rain instead of sunshine. And kindness is like that. It's a ripple effect. And we never know what the impact was of that small moment of kindness offered. You may not remember offering that moment of kindness to someone else, but they do. And your moment of kindness may change someone's life and our crazy old world for the better. 
Because according to Jesus, there is no small gestures. Anything that we do in faith and in love can have cosmic and life-changing significance. Maybe at times you, you feel like I do, a bit discouraged about the state of the world or what's happening in your life. But I think that Jesus gets that sometimes discipleship is hard, that following Jesus is really hard. And there are times that all we can do is to make it through each day putting one step in front of the other. And all we have the energy for is to simply care for our little corner of the world and to know that's okay with God. That even the small gestures and the random act of kindness are not invisible to God and that giving even a cup of water to someone is a profound act of love and of compassion. And each time we do, we are making this tired old world that God loves so much a little bit better, a little more trustworthy, a little kinder, a little more joyful and a whole lot more welcoming for you and for me, for us and for them, for all of God's children, everyone, everywhere, anywhere. Amen.